and welcome to A Star to Steer Her By episode 165. Yeah. Holy fuck. This week, we are dedicating our entire shebang to the Maquis parts one and two. And regretting except, it immediately. <laughs> except not completely, because Jake's back! Yay! Yay! He's Jake. Ah! So Jake. Actually, we should introduce ourselves. Oh, right. Because now we know we know Jake is here, but who are we? I don't fucking know. This is Chris. Okay, this is Ames. Alright, I'm Caitlin. Good, good. I'm James. Oh, James is back. I'm I thought a, you were gonna say I'm, I'm Jake. <laughs> I'm not a permanent member, I swear. And I'm Jake. <laughs> yes. Wow, your impression good. was really good, James. Yeah. So we're gonna launch into the theme. <laughs> oh, enough <laughs> and and Ames suggested that Jake give us his thoughts briefly as realistically possible about the episodes he wasn't able to talk about okay what was the first one first one was shadow play which is I know what shadow play is well remind us because I've forgotten yeah, so me too. that's the one oh what? it's the one with the hologram planet right why did you ask me <laughs> I wanted to know if you knew but then I remembered I knew I genuinely couldn't remember. I did. Thank you, Hologram yeah, Planet. That's now a good one. Uh, I like that one. That's a good show. Kenneth uh, Mars. Who was that? Sure. And uh, yeah, so yeah, the Bruno Mars musical interlude was a little strange, I'll admit, but it was all right. Um, <laughs> I, I dug it. I don't know. I like the, um, you know, I thought it was a little a little nice little thing. It, it had like a little bit of shades of... Uh, gray. Gray. No, inner light a little bit for me. Really? Uh, yeah. Which one? Oh, um, Inner Light, and that's the one where Picard yeah, has a ten-minute nap where he learns everything about culture. Yeah, and you know, kind of yeah. dealt with the same about, thing. Learns about flutes. We have this whole this whole society that's that's not not really there. I don't know. And I, you know, the, the 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 old man that created it always makes me very sad because his granddaughter doesn't actually exist. No, She's well, because well, at the you know, point he's like, well. Just leave it off and take me back to my home. I'm dying anyway. Fuck these people. Yeah, and then like Odo has to convince them, convince him that no, they're they're real. Damn it. Yeah, to fill Jake. It's in, real to me. Damn it. To fill Jake in, I remember the rest of us being like very perplexed by how willingly these people just accepted that they were holograms. They're like, um, well, I guess we just have to be holograms. I guess from we now just on. have to get used to life as holograms. I don't shrug. Um, I think I, I think I settled on they just hadn't been programmed to be able to have existential crises. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I wish I hadn't I been programmed for that close. shit. Oh man, that'd be that'd be the life or the lack of life. Um, <laughs> that'd be fucking awesome. I don't think we discussed though because he you know, he doesn't want the rest of them to know that he's a hologram. No, that he's not a hologram. It's gonna, yeah, that he's not. So it's gonna be really awkward when he dies, and they're like, "Oh shit, he left behind meat." They all they would leave yeah, behind they, a body. They would leave behind holographic meat. Otherwise, they would have known mm. that they weren't holographic. Well, yeah, but I mean, like people. I imagine like there'll be some sort of difference where they'll be able to go like, "Wait a second. Probably not. I don't see why. They why just bury him and be done with yeah, it. Yeah, any anyone that dies leaves behind a body. No, I know. I, just, I imagine that. I don't know. No. Anyway, sorry. Go on, Jake. Uh, okay. What was the other next episode? Uh, playing God, the one with the with the new trill. 
and the yeah. proto universe. The loser yeah. nerd trill. So I really like the. Um, oh, what a fucking. Dweeb. Yeah, the, the loser nerd trill guy. I thought was an idiot. I didn't care for him. He sucked. Didn't like that whole angle. I the idea of the proto universe is very interesting, and I wish it like, had been explored in a better episode. Yeah. yeah, not wasted on this. Mm. Uh, what was next? The one with Garrick. Oh, the like, what one was it? The the resistance. Yeah, civilian yeah. His, resistance. His, his wife. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, Quark's, and Quark's girlfriend. girlfriend. What was it called? Natima. Oh, that's the girlfriend. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know what you that remember her name was. though. That's that's more than I remember. For anyway, me, that's pretty good. I don't really. know what the show was called either. I've got it. Um, it was. I do. I do. It was Profit and Loss. Oh, yeah. That's and right. Loss. Yeah, that was okay. So long ago. That, you know, we got an interesting side to Quark here. Get, not a great look for Garrick until the end. I um, thought so too. Yeah, because... But you had a theory, Jake, that Garrick was in on it all along or something, Well, I, right? I don't know. It's hard to say. It could have been an opportunist thing, but at the same time, I feel like Garrick knew that the guy that visited him, the, the Cardassian guy, was like, all right, now you're, now step two, you're going to kill him. Step three, profit. Like, yeah. Like, I, think, like, I think Garrick was like, okay, yeah, I'll, um, I'll turn these people in. And that'll get me back in good with the Cardies, and I'll get to go home. And then when the guy came and said, "All right, now just one more thing," that, I think he—that was Oda. Yeah, I think, I think that's <laughs> really? when he realized when uh, the, I think he realized, oh yeah, no, they're not letting me back. They're they're just stringing me along. They're and, playing and me. They're, they're going to kill me. Sons of bitches. So I think I think the only reason he showed up in the in the shuttle bay there at the end was to kill the other guy. I don't think he was actually going to kill. I actually think that he might have had even more knowledge and actually <clears throat> basically reported them so that they'd be caught on his home turf so that he could lend them a hand. Hmm. I don't give Garrick that much. Yeah, credit. I don't know. I, it's, it, it would be giving That's a lot giving of him a lot. It would be giving a lot of credit. And then the last one... Blood what? Oath. Blood Oath. Yeah, oh, so uh, good. Klingon yeah, I like, I like Blood Oath. Um, Not nearly enough Koloth. Um, there can never be enough Koloth. Yeah, I thought some of the personalities, like Koloth's personality in this one, does not in any way match up with his personality in. in well, it's also the been Trouble eighty Tribbles. years. Well, I know, but if, you, if, if you're gonna, and everyone's lost a son. If you're gonna be bringing back a particular character for the sake of bringing back that character, you should at least make sure you're bringing back the same character. The actual character. Yeah, um, he definitely wasn't as full of nyucks. And did you yeah. see those head ridges? He did have a. He did have a couple of good a good jokes though. He was kind of like you're no well not jokes you're no one's godfather godfather and stuff that felt kind of Koloth. Yeah. How did yeah, you I get think, in I here? Think... I am Koloth. Yeah. Love it. The door I love was it wide so open. Much. I think uh, I think Kang's probably the closest to his original. Agreed. But I do actually really like Core. Mm. I like DS Nine Core as a character, and I'm I'm I don't know I just he's he's probably he's my favorite of the trio in that episode. And then um, he was the one who was like good buddies with Jedzia. Yeah, he was the one that was like not like not my, even not even questioning it. My like, dear oh. friend, my beloved friend Jedzia. And he spent whatever. most of the episode drunk. Yeah, but also <clears throat> was super like yeah, of course she's coming with us. And mm. you know, manages to be deal? the only one to survive of the three. Um, I think we'll see him again. The albino. Don't learn. Don't learn much mos- about him. A mosquito. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna say my uh, my tinfoil hat is that the albino is actually um, Ash Volk? Tyler. What? Yeah, Voke. I don't know. I feel like Discovery has been playing against that. No, he's gonna change back to being Klingon, back to his old self, and uh, yeah. Do you think Spoilers for Discovery. Be able to restore his second PP. 
<laughs> oh no! That's, no, and that's, that's why, why he's so, so angry. mad. Yeah. That's why he hates other Klingons. <laughs> Actually, I buy that. Well, I mean, yeah, he misses Laurel so much. There we go. Jake is Ooh, all Jake. caught up. So with that, it's time to launch headfirst into the Maquis. Do we have to though? To uh, steal from Ames' research. Oh no! What was it? This aired about a month after Journey's End. Oh yes. Which of course is the episode where Wesley saves the Native American people. <laughs> yes. By going on a vision quest. Yeah. Yeah. So this was you know, even though TNG itself avoided serialization, DS9 was going to be like, all right. Wait. So this. You've retroactively serialized. After Journey's End. Journey's End, where, where, where we learn that there is this Cardassian demilitarized zone that has Federation colonies in it. But what of, what's the one with... Um, what's the one Preemptive with Strike? Preemptive Strike. That's way after this. Yeah. Oh, it is? Okay. I thought that Journey's End in, was near the end of Season 7. No, it's kind of mid to early Season 7. Oh, is it? Preemptive Strike was very late I know, I think I was like now. a second to last episode. I think yeah, so. Yeah, very, very late. Yeah, where we learn more about the Maquis. So in the Maquis... Yeah. A Cardassian freighter is taken off from DS9. Right before it does, some shady fucker is poking around in their door. And this somehow allowed him to implant an implosive device into their impulse engines. And the ship doesn't implode. Big old blast and somehow the station is untouched. Rocks a little, but no damage. Well, it's because it was like, it imploded. Yeah, but then there was an explosion in the aftermath. It just didn't make sense. And needless to say, everyone's like, well, fuck. And, you know, the Federation admirals are all like, oh, Christ, Ben, figure this out, because the Cardis are going to be pissed. Not just any Starfleet admiral. I was going to say, it was was that admiral. Oh, Bechayev! Yep, Nechayev shows up. I think that's in episode two, though. Bechayev, that's clever. That's a Um, portmanteau of whatever her real name is on the word bitch. Ah, got her good. (laughs) Everyone's everyone's flipping out because they're like, oh God, this is going to increase tensions in the region. The Cardassians are going to use this excuse to attack Bajor. Bajor is going to be all like, fuck yeah, come at me, bro. And it's just going to be a mess. Uh, Cisco goes and visits with... uh, Hudson? Yep. Lieutenant Commander Calvin Hudson. They are both old Starfleet buddies. They were in the Academy together, even though Calvin is clearly 38 years older than Cisco. 38, specifically? Is that how how much older the actor is? I I didn't actually look it up, but there did seem to be an appreciable gap. Yeah, no, he seemed much older. But supposedly... I mean, I don't know, maybe maybe he had a different job originally. He joined Starfleet late, but anyway. Late bloomer, it's all good. Yeah, so he's like... He's basically the, the contact between the... Federation colonies that are now in Cardassian space and the Federation. And, you know, and a lot of the stuff we sort of saw in Journey's End, in a way, is brought up. It's like, you know, oh, the, they're, they're, you know, the Cardassians fuck with them. They're trying to push them out of their planets. And, you know, it is really obvious that he is very much on the colonist side as opposed to sort of a neutral party. So it is not at all a shock when it turns out, oh, he's joined them. Uh, not to know who they are fuck yet. diplomacy! Yes. Meanwhile... A Vulcan is puttering around on DS9 trying to make a deal with Quark. Eyes at Quark? <laughs> yeah, no, he oh, makes eyes at her. That's true. Because goddamn, he is nothing if not... Um... Horny. <laughs> Shh. Yeah, that one. I'd say ambitious, oh, but that too. Well. It's like, oh, maybe you know, I will get Yes, that. I can warm her, warm the Vulcan's cold heart. Yeah, <sighs> yeah no. Quark. Um, Jesus. <laughs> you know, me- meanwhile, the guy that sabotaged everything, he... Samuel? According to your notes, yes. 
William Patrick Samuels. That's right, because he does his little recording. Mm. So he's captured by these ugly lizard people who must be working for the Cardassians, and they get a confession out of him, and oops, he quote-unquote kills himself in his cell, and they bring his corpse to a big meeting between the Cardassians and the colonists, and it causes Would a whole Would you bring scene. the corpse? Oh, God. Yeah, when even Gul Dukat is like, that was dumb, uh, because <laughs> Gul Dukat... Don't bring that in here. Puttered with Cisco to this meeting, because Gul Dukat's all, this is a fucking mess, and even I'm unhappy with all of it. You know, and he so, gets fucking kidnapped. Yeah, yeah. Like, Cisco and Dukat had watched on long-range sensors as a bunch of logos shot at each other. <laughs> Somehow, even though there weren't pictures of ships, Ben was all, I don't recognize that configuration. It's like, well, yes, because none of your ships are actually shaped like Starfleet badges, but what do I know? But yes, eventually... You don't know that. Gal Dukat is, in fact, kidnapped, and the Central Command is all good. He was the one secretly arming the colonists, and no, Cisco's they, they all... No, they just made that up. Yeah. You're like, oh, well, he's gone? Uh, yeah, it was his fault then. Yeah, God. Cisco's all <laughs> like... Watch my hands. Yeah, and Cisco's <laughs> all like, yeah, bullshit. So he launches a rescue, and Dukat's all, well, why the hell didn't Central Command come? And he's like, oh, they're about to throw you under the bus for the whole arming the Cardassians thing. And he goes, oh, fuck. So they've got to... That's something I would do. Yeah, Damn it. Yeah, so they got to work together to foil the, the plan. The, 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 the Vulcan was buying guns to try to attack this weapons depot somewhere in a colony, but a couple of runabouts show up and foil him, and Calvin goes off into space, and Cisco has a sad, and... An angry sad. Cisco mm. Inferno. So, yeah, now we've got a whole new thing out there. The Maquis are out there, and they're going to cause everyone trouble. And we're going to learn much more about them. In Voyager, which was, I, I which we was, learned which a was, little more yeah. about them, which, not much. Well, they they just they they decided to like plant all the foundation of the of, I mean, of, of the Maquis, knowing that Voyager was coming up next, including year. the Badlands. It is very strange that they make such a big deal about establishing the Maquis and like all of this stuff in TNG, and then in Deep Space Nine, and then they get to Voyager and they like drop it after like five <laughs> episodes. Yeah. Well, they're stuck in the Delta Quadrant. What else are they? But also because, in? like. From what I little I've know is like there were all these really interesting ideas for Voyager, but Rick Berman is a hack and went. Well, I mean the other the Sounds other like thing the is Berman. like the Maquis <laughs> really here, the Maquis as we see them here and as we saw them in Preemptive Strike are like they're people defending their homes and they're not they're not bad people. They're people that have gotten fucked over. They're dumb people. Well, no. they're just—they're people that have gotten fucked over, as they see it, by galactic politics, and the Federation won't do shit to help them out. And um, you know, I, I, people, people, shit—you know—people say, you know, oh, you know, Star Trek Picard showed the Federation as a uh, not good organization because they weren't gonna help the Romulans with the banana pop. I just want to check. Oh. You've been talking to Bill Cosby about Picard a lot. <laughs> and they or... jigglers. <laughs> Pudding pops. <laughs> like, what uh, is happening? No. <laughs> people are, 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 you know, people are shitting on Picard because, oh, you know, the Federation, they're not bad. And then it's like, well, no, because I mean, the... when, when did this air? 1994? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. The Federation's been ambiguous since TNG. The writers just didn't realize it. Yeah, and like, the, showing like what they did here. <laughs> well, I mean, there's that moment in the second episode where... You know, Ben, like, because there's always been this weird thing. It's like, so wait a minute. How does the Federation, like, it seems so we always wonder what it's like for the civilians. And, you know, Ben goes on this whole little rant about how, like, you know, 
the leadership is on Earth, and you can look out the window, and oh yeah, there, it's idyllic, but yeah, yeah, not the, everywhere. And you're like, yeah. okay. The line they kind of formed the whole two-episode arc over was, it's easy to be a saint in paradise. Yeah. 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 Like, that's the whole thing. Like, oh yeah, like it's in the Federation, in on, on Earth in Starfleet, where there's no poverty, there's no war, there's no crime. I don't fucking believe any of that. Okay. Yeah. Uh, it's easy. It's easy on Earth, but out here in the fucking Badlands, literally, things are bad. Yeah. Um, and there's land. Well, um, on Earth, there's no crime because if you commit crime, Starfleet security just beams unquestioned into your apartment. That's from an episode of Voyager I saw once. Spoilers. Yeah. <laughs> well, the other thing also that I think is worth bringing up is that... Uh, the, the this is yet more evidence that the Cardassian treaty that ended the war. Oh, it's garbage. Oh, it's was, a bad treaty. It was very yeah. bad. Like this, this whole the, this is the culmination of things that started all the way back with the wounded. Yeah, because remember that's what um what's his name Captain Maxwell Maxwell was going on about. He's like, look, they're transporting weapons across the border. Yeah, and and. <laughs> Picard has to be like, nope, nope, we have to act like they're acting in good faith because otherwise this treaty, which is a bad treaty, I, I, yeah. I will not discount how bad this treaty is, but it's so tenuous that like literally like if these little freighters go and fire on each other, they're going to restart war between the Federation and Cardassia, which is bullshit. <laughs> you don't want that either. Just fix the treaty, but that's not ever going to fucking happen. Right. Well, no, not when... Not when one of your negotiation partners is working in bad faith from the word go. Like, how important... Why don't you talk about Ducat like that? I get the Love sense him. that the Federation could really kick the Cardassians' asses, right? Like... Oh, yeah, the Federation is supposed to be, like, much, much stronger than Cardassians. So why the fuck are we so afraid of standing up to these bozos? Because for the Federation, killing an enemy is still still killing. It doesn't matter. Yeah. You don't have to kill them. And you could just be like, no. No, you, no like when you're, when you're coming up against a, a group like the Cardassians, if you go to war, you're going to be killing them. Well, sure. That, yeah, but you don't have to. No, but the Cardassians also know that. And like they're, they're a military state oh, yeah. and like, well, that's dedication they're, they're to the state is super important. But like dying for the state is okay. And they are also willing to throw lives against the wall. Like, they'll throw lower people they don't care about against the wall because they know that for every Cardassian death, Starfleet hurts. Oh, I, I think I should. I think we need, we need a caveat on this. The admirals would gladly do all of this. Yeah. But if they did, everyone below them, or most everyone below them, would revolt. Speaking of admirals, I have I have a scene that they used in this in this episode because there's that whole moment where you're watching Odo and Kira and whoever else in ops watching Cisco in the background in his office yelling at a screen and they actually scripted that scene for cisco so that he would like have inspiration for what his character is doing that time mm. they just didn't include any of the lines and i think they also filmed and then cut the end of his confrontation with with the admiral that he's that he's radioing with in which he takes the monitor and throws it against the wall oh. but they cut that <laughs> but i would love well, whoever wants to do the best cisco and whoever wants to be the bitchiest admiral to, oh, to I want to be rewrite this, the screen this, uh, this scene. Who wants to be Cisco? It's gonna have to be Rossi. He's the only one, the other one that's God. gonna be able to see what we're looking at. Here you go. Uh, you guys read, read what Cisco was yelling about when Odo was going on and on about how much he missed Cardassian. Never, never, never. Starting. This, I'm just gonna read. I'm not, <laughs> it's like, no one. No Come one on, you gotta give me something Cisco. to work with. I'm gonna try. 
I'm gonna try. James. I'm gonna try. Okay, fine. It goes on do you want me to be Cisco and you want to be the bitchy admiral? I mean, I could be a pretty good bitchy admiral. Jake, do you, do you want to do Cisco? I'm willing to give up Cisco if... if I mean, I'm willing to give up I think admiral. Be, I think you'd be a good Cisco. You think I'd be a good yeah, Cisco? Yeah, you could do Cisco. By the way, for those wondering, the source of this is the Star Trek Deep Space Nine companion. God knows if it's still in print. I got it just last year, I think. Okay. It's probably still in print. Oh, Cisco is listed here as bristling. <laughs> Mm. Ooh. Oh, yeah. James! <laughs> I I pointed at the word hard. <laughs> Admiral is hard. Cisco is bristle. Well, I'm going to be heated in a minute, and you're going to be forceful. <laughs> Yikes! Is... I don't think I'm ready for. Do we have uh... any adults in the room? None. Zero adults. I don't like the spectators. <laughs> I'm hoping I don't have to remind the Admiral how many people pass through here during a week's time. It's not possible to keep tabs on every single person while they're on the station. If I didn't know better, Commander, I'd think you were just making excuses. I'M NOT MAKING EXCUSES! You're getting a little Odo there, Caitlin. I know, sorry. Like Jake and Jake. Jazz Shatner. Would it be in keeping with Federation policy to frisk everyone who steps through our airlocks? To search through every room of every visitor during their stay? Of course not, but with two kidnappings and a ship being destroyed, all in less than a week's time, obviously, your security measures leave something to be desired. Security on this station is by the book. Our security program and the officers who work in it are first rate. Then what were they doing? Then what were they doing when all of this was happening? We here at Starfleet are watching how you resolve this situation very closely, Commander. We think it might be prudent to replace this chief of security you have. Odo is both highly intelligent and extremely thorough. He's the most qualified person I have for the job. Still, it would t- it would blah, 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 blah. still it would be a concrete example that you are taking active measures to resolve this situation and to make sure it doesn't happen again. I stand behind my chief of security 100%. That may be a mistake, Commander. Then it's my mistake. Then let me make my point again. Starfleet is very unhappy this happened. We want this matter taken care of immediately. I don't have to remind you how this reflects on your position. We're doing everything we can to apprehend the kidnappers. Don't bother me with the details. Just clean up this mess, Commander, and quickly, before this becomes a permanent stain on your record. Do I make myself clear? Yes, sir. God, admirals suck. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> then the monitor across the room. But yes, let's not overlook the fact that that scene does have the whole Odo loves fascism moment. Odo really oh my loved yeah. it. He missed the way Cardassians did things so much. Yeah, does, security does, was way tighter back then. Does Odo ever become less of a monster, or is he just hey, always hey, this bad? Hey. He's he's a straight up fascist. Dude. He would he would like have he he bugs people. Like, he bugs people's, like, homes and stuff. No, like, no, they're businesses. He does what needs to be done to... No, that's not a good excuse. Yeah, no, I love when he's, like, complaining to Kira and whoever else is in yelling at <laughs> distances. Like, man, I wish I had, like, a much bigger force. I wish you would let me bug everyone's homes. I wish you'd let me throw people up against the wall whenever I wanted to. I really want to be a rat all the time, please. <laughs> I mean, there's a very specific point in this series when Odo, yes, Odo is the fascist, and then he realizes, oh, I'm a fascist. That can be abused. Shocking. So maybe I shouldn't go on with that anymore. Yeah, like obviously, he wants a certain amount of overreach, 
certain amount. On the he other hand, I he, really enough, he wants I can't liquor. blame the guy for tapping Quark's communication. Quark has actually actively <clears throat> next broken week, yeah. the law. That's next lot. week that we see him is... tap Quark's room. Oh, it is. Yeah. Okay, I'm getting ahead of myself. Still, we're not surprised at all that he doesn't. Yeah. So yeah, no. I'm like sure he, it's already tapped. Like here. I feel like if he was tapping other people. I'd be like, ooh, that's a bit shady. But with Quark, you're kind of like. Yeah, and I'll give you that one. No, he's well. It's just like, it's like he he should have a warrant for that kind of thing. Like he's there's no due process a whatsoever. Like, he's not in the Federation, right? You know, he's kind of doing his own. But there still has to like ma- there's got to be Bajoran rules on that. Bajor like, sucks. That's true. I could easily see... There are see, no rules in Bajor. I, I could totally see Bajor being in the ends justify the means type group, especially right now when their government is barely functional. Well, they're, they're kind of a theocracy, so like... Which, yeah, that's never a good thing. Yeah. Ugh, it's probably like religious police. It's also not... Are you profiting from profits? <laughs> what? It's not super unusual, unfortunately, for people who have been subjugated by other people to turn around and not see the irony when they do it to other other to people. To not see the irony? To not see the irony? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I mean, the other thing, too, though, is I, like, sort of forgive Odo because you have to remember that, like, he's not people. He wasn't raised as people. But we've given him so much power that you'd mm. only give a people. Oh, no, I know that. But what I'm saying is, like, consider that he, like, was raised as a test tube... Thing. Literally a test tube. Literally. The, the first that, thing that he, would... he formed himself as was a glass. Yeah. See, look, I'm here. It's like that moment in Horton Hears a Who. Yeah, yeah. You know? But like also then, so as soon as he gets away from test tube daddy, he's like a Cardassian law keeper. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. of course his like views are a little Yeah, his education's a little there's, fucked up. That's there's, all I there's mean. a lot of stuff we'll come to learn later, but something relevant for specifically right now that a friend like I, I have a friend who I watch all these with, they brought up that uh like as a shapeshifter, Odo literally brings order from chaos. Like oh, as they're like, like that's that. that is his existence. Does your friend is... want a guest on the show? Um, no, because Rob... we already sound dumb enough when we have guests <laughs> on. Yeah. Hey, what do you mean? Yeah, listen, they, we just they, read they, from a they book run, really well. They run, they run rings around me when it comes to these episodes. So, a lot of my best lines are from them. Um, <laughs> Thief. Yeah, I try to bring. I try to mention when I've stolen it. I know. Yeah, you I do try. a nice. He does. Story. He does cite nice cite oh, his sources. Absolutely. You know what else he does? Goes all Mister Fantastic at that one point. Where he's Rossi. like, wait a minute. Rossi or Odo? Odo. Yeah, I thought it was yes. me. And I was like, all like, I did what? He's all like, oh yeah, I'm made of goo. And he like lassoed somebody oh, with his yeah. arm off a ladder. How the that fuck was, did yeah. I miss that? Oh. It was in the second half when... Uh, during the rescue. Yeah, the, it when Jukat was, was being a badass. <laughs> it was during the second half when Caitlin had basically given up paying any attention because she was so bored. It, it was, was a complicated episode. It was, and it was very slow. This really could have probably been one episode. Yeah. It was so slow. Even... And it's, even because I know, like they, they pat themselves on the back an awful lot because they had to spend lots of money on like the battle in space between Hudson and Cisco and three derelict ships, not derelict, three um uh, unpowered ships that were just floating around doing yeah. nothing. Mm. It just looks so 
bland. Yeah, and it's just, and it, it feels like you know from the very like nothing really came as a surprise. Like Cal, Cal. Oh, Hudson, it was obvious. Cal Hudson, like it was like being a member or leader of the Maquis is like real obvious. The only thing that up. really surprised me though uh, about Cal Hudson was that 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 actor was able to get an acting job. <laughs> yeah, he was not he good. Was so he, was, he wasn't was really good at pronouncing words. There was a word, oh, Benjamin. He kept like, calling him Benjamin. I was like, have you never heard or seen I have the word there Benjamin? Like, there was like before. the scene, the scene with the when they brought in the dead, uh, the dead guy. The Kardashians brought in the dead guy. Samuels. Samuels. And Samuels did not kill yeah. himself. Hunt, yeah, no. he 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 um, Epsteined himself. Yeah, when when they brought that guy in and uh, Hudson, like everybody, like the other actors in that scene, for the most part, were like upset. Yeah, and and Hudson. <laughs> oh, like, it stinks oh, too. Jeez, just being standing there, being like a block Frank, of wood. Yeah, that's in- this enrages me. Yeah. If he'd been more charismatic, I mean, it, he still would have obviously have been like the leader of a resistance group. But, but like, at least you'd understand why he was. Yeah, it's like why did you put this asshole in charge? Uh. Yeah, and like he could have been, he could have been a really cool character. Yeah. Like, yeah. I wish we'd I know. seen uh, the, the some of the Native Americans from. We saw some. I I wish we'd anything. seen a picture of Benjamin Sisko in Lederhosen and the little hat. He still has oh, the hat. I do want to see I that I believe hat. he said. He did, he did. Uh, I know that um, that Iris Stephen Bear's original plan in this episode was to have Hudson die at the end, and Michael mm. Pillars vetoed it and said no. And then as they're watching the dailies afterwards, uh, he admits like, oh yeah, I can see why he probably should have died. <laughs> yeah. Oh well, because we're, we're never going to see the guy again. Yeah. But it is, I think, better for Cisco's character to just sort of... Have him sadly letting him go while yeah. Ducat flips his shit. I I loved yeah. I loved so much of Ducat this the, these two series, which I know is surprising. I was gonna say what else oh, is new? Water's Knock wet. Me over with Water's a wet. News at eleven. No, like he like we, we, we've seen bits of Ducat, you know, swaggering around. We've seen doing, his bits. Mm, I haven't remember seeing his bits. I'll, at all. Show, I'll show you some pictures. Here. Oh boy, doing doing his swagger and rule the room kind of a thing. Mm. And finally, we see him in a in a situation where he's not the one in power, and yet he's still so swaggery. Like as he's a prisoner, and Sarkana, the Vulcan bitch. <laughs> nice can't physically do the Vulcan mind yeah. meld on him. And he's like, yeah. oh, what's the matter? You can't mind meld me? Oh. Well, that's too bad, isn't it? <laughs> it? It does make sense that if any society would develop countermeasures, it would be them. Mm, also going to see lots more of that next week, too. Something something I found really interesting with the Maquis is how it seemed like a very, like, diverse and cosmopolitan group yeah they had like, like klingons they had yeah these like ladies. it's it's just it's it's really peculiar that it always seems like these kind of like morally ambiguous groups are always really diverse whereas when they show like the good guy starfleet it's always like just a ton of humans for the most part yeah mostly honkies yeah and actually it kind of brings up this this kind of strange counterpoint where starfleet are essentially the borg Sorry. Like, Go on. Because well, because Is they something your friend they do, said? no. I, I it might have been. This is something um, your friend said. No. So <laughs> I mean, it's, it's a good point. No. It's it 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 just feels like you know it's when 
you know, Bajor is worried about being absorbed by the Federation, and that's why they're not. That's why they keep pushing back on it, is because they're like, no, we want to be our own people. We want to have our own identity. We suck on our own terms. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, it's like, and that's, and I think that's a perfectly acceptable idea. Is like, you shouldn't have to submit to an outside force just because the outside force thinks it's the best thing for you. Yeah, true. You know, even if there are things about it that would maybe be better, that doesn't necessarily make it the right choice. And so Starfleet is basically spending a lot of time and effort trying to convince Bajor. To join the Federation, everything short of shooting them with nanites and converting them, you know, mm-hmm. converting them physically. We would really like your wormhole, please. But like, but the Federation does pretty much everything that the that the Borg do, where like they they take all of your like you know all of your individuality and they take anything that's good and they spread it out and then they kind of like iron over and like get rid of all the wrinkles yeah. of the and stuff then, that's and not then perfect make, and then make mostly everybody humans yeah and then and it's like you become like they become this homogenized thing that they don't have these differences hell when a bajoran joined the federation she had to fight to keep her damn earring mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like yeah. a huge part of her culture well, she wasn't joining the federation her cultural she was identity starfleet starfleet so starfleet's like starfleet's like yeah a uniform organization yeah okay but Worf but, gets to wear but, his sash but starfleet in the federation they, but they still do those things you know it's like they still discourage the differences in order to find this you know very bland central middle yeah. which is what you know they consider like easy to handle and it's not like you know it's like other than they're not physically forcibly converting you by chopping off limbs and giving you like utility arms like they're doing all the exact same things I don't, Starfleet is kind of like white getting, feminism where do you, what is your evidence to support this it's because it's it's what they do, and it's what the result. It's the it's, it's the this, result. It's the same result. The what the board try to pull off is the same result of the as the things that the federation. I mean, because is I see I see off. lots of people in that are in the federation that are individuals and have their own individual identities and their own cultural identity. But they still, but there's still like an overarching glossing over and like, you know, tr- like removal of differences over time. Because like basically it's a big homogenization. Well, it's a it's a it's, I think I'd say it's a melting pot effect maybe. Like yeah, but well that well that actually though that does bring to. I mean that brings up the idea of like the melting pot. The idea of the melting pot as we think of it was a coin termed term coined by I am sure some wasp in the twenties. And what they really mean is. We just want what we like about your cultures, but also please do us a favor and. Be like us. Yeah. yeah. I'm trying like to use us. word other than assimilate because that's too bored. Right. But that's usually the term used. But there's also, I mean, you look at some of the characters. Like, first of all, we've only really seen a few different perspectives on Federation life. That's true. We are mostly seeing it from the Starfleet point of view, which does... Which is pretty human-centric. But it's yeah. also, like you said, a military organization which does add an extra layer. But when we do see non-human peoples, they definitely have their own... They're they're not melted in the pot. They haven't assimilated. But but they're also not like what you associate with specifically Starfleet or specifically the Federation. I I would say... Like we meet this chick Sarkana, who's this Vulcan bitch, uh, who's looking for weapons from Quark. And... She's not really prototypical Vulcan, but she's not human. She seems very Vulcan to me. She seems like. Well, how many Vulcans deal with Quark and get weapons? I mean, 
How many to... people? How many Vulcans are out there fighting for the colonists? Most of them are like, eh, fuck it, let everybody die because they're Vulcans. Yeah, I don't know. I think she seems very Vulcan yeah. to me. I I just for for kind of the last point, I kind of want to make on with like the homogenization homogenization stuff. You haven't supported like, your argument I th- at all. I, I, I think it's fine. Um, you can't just make an argument with no support. No, I would say I would say that the that Starfleet and the Federation they tend to they they scoop up all of these groups and then they try to get them to conform to what they want Based to see. Based on what? Based Wait. on situations like I feel like Worf is what the Klingon like is what the Federation would want like Klingons to be. Worf, right? It's like oh, he goes out and murders people. Worf still out of has anger. His, Worf still has his individuality, but he's and still wearing the like he's still, still wearing the uniform. And like, like Worf would be my example you know, of someone who has not. Well assimilated well, to compared is, to Warf Warf compared is, to the rest. Worf is also bad at being a Klingon, though. Worf yeah. is kind of neither and both. Well, the thing about Worf is that he wasn't raised by Klingons. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So he was raised. He was raised on Klingon dogma. He was raised on the Book of Klingon. We don't see in so Star Trek. We don't see a ton of people who fit the like their one mold very much. Like we see people who are like, oh, Troy is half Betazoid, half human. Oh, Worf was raised by humans. Oh, Spock is half human. We don't see a ton of people who fit only the Vulcan yeah, mold. But they're all very. But the, and the, and I think that's the best evidence there is, right? Because Spock is, despite not being even full Vulcan. Is, prefers being is Vulcan. very Vulcan and Hates like is very side. distinct and gets along just fine with humans. It's his half human side that keeps him from being a jerk like most Vulcans. Mm. He's still kind of a jerk. You know, and Worf, I, I feel like is the same way. You know, he gets along with humans just fine, but he's not. He is definitely not human, or even like he doesn't get things, or you know, or Commander Data, like he he's incapable of assimilating in a lot of ways despite the fact that he might want to poor data Aww. poor uh, Pinocchio so I don't know I don't know if I, I, don't know if I quite boy. buy it yeah. no that's fair you know Roll Aaron another example you know yeah they wanted her not to wear her earring because it because A she was known for in, insubordination and they wanted to head off her being insubordinate and wanted to break her and they were being you know they were being dickheads to her when she first came on board and I feel like the earring thing was not so much a become Starfleet as much as it was a Riker doesn't like you and wants to give you a hard time well and also like maybe stop being a terrorist for the right reasons yeah Yeah, that's how we might take on it yeah because I mean in reality we don't see a lot of federal like a lot of the civilian populations we saw in TNG were explicitly places that were friendly with but not part of the Federation. So we don't have a lot to base it on necessarily. I think I'm just basing it more on the fact that Star Trek, at least TOS and TNG, I think both represent what people thought of as the nice version of America when they made it. Mm. Uh, You know, like TOS was all about, boy, we sure do want resources, but we're going to ask for them nicely. And then TNG was, you know, again, that sort of early 90s kind of boom economy. We're not really at war with anybody. Things are kind of chill. Look at our diplomacy. Era, yeah. So I think, yeah, you're right. There's not a lot of textual evidence. It's sort of a circumstantial case based upon who created it. Mm. Now wait until Quark starts talking about root beer. Yes. And then then we'll have (laughs) have ourselves this conversation. Root beer? there's, there's There's a future episode where... Quark makes some interesting points about root beer. I don't want a root beer. What kind of interesting mm, points are there to be made about root beer? Believe me, it'll it'll make sense in context. I mean, 
I'm sure, but it's um, weird. Add an ice cream. He soup? has this conversation, uh, but he talks about root beer while having this conversation. I also I feel bad because that took us way off way off target. It's I okay. Mostly, I was mostly bringing it up because I feel like the McKee are a much less homogenized group. Mm, yeah. I think that I think that was more my point. Well, they're definitely <laughs> like point they're definitely like um, you know they're you know they're clearly multi uh, multi ethnic. Yeah, right. and it's it's interesting that like so many different people are uniting against what they consider to be such a bad bad action by bad, Starfleet. Bad. Yeah, well, the Federation. Well, the Federation. Right, so now here's the thing: are all of the McKee people that were living on those? Colonies, colonies or are these like people some that must, come from outside some must be sympathizers I, that I joined want, them I want to say some people were sympathizers who specifically went out to join them but that might be vague and or incorrect Voyager information well also I mean I guess Rolaren is kind of in that category yeah I mean I can't like I can't I, mean, I could be wrong but it just does seem kind of unlikely for example that random Klingon was living in one of these colonies. Yeah. No, I feel like I feel like the Klingons were like, no, this is a worthy battle worth fighting for. Yeah, that's probably you just some like Klingon. It is a good Klingon. day to die. Like, I'm Someone so else's sick of battle. this piece. Yeah. Yeah. I gotta go out and find a war. Yeah. That's war. not I'm here. That's not a war. But I do find that I do find that super interesting and I like it does just everything about it. It feels like the show's kind of trying to portray it as like there's kind of like a moral gray area, but I'm totally mm. with the Maki. Like I'm not. I think I think they have every right to do what they're doing. Start another war. Well, I yeah. Think, well, I think it's they it's have... not it's not that they're they're not starting a war. They're defending their home, yeah. and that's that's how they're seeing it. And it's not about the broader picture. It's it's literally about their home that they have spent like pretty much their entire lives building these colonies up. I understand it is their all lives. that. It's the thing is like they're also getting lots and lots of other people killed because it doesn't. They're it, like, I like this one patch of ground that now happens to be in the demil- in the which, demilitarized zone when it wasn't before. Which is human nature. Yeah, it's a, it, like, as I said, it's a very very bad treaty, but yes. it's the treaty you've got right now. It's the treaty you, that other people made for them. It's the people that other people made they didn't for have, them. They didn't have a say in it. Yeah, but like, if they break it, they've now started a war with the Federation and Cardassia. Also, it sounds like they have no problem necessarily living on that Car- the Cardassian side of the DMZ. I don't know. But they I just want they just don't fair want, treatment and they're yeah, not getting it. I think they're more upset that A, the Cardassians keep attacking them when they're yeah, not supposed keep to. Keep attacking them. Yeah. And, you know, there's weapons being shipped and to the like because there's also Cardassians that are kind of in the same boat that are oh, yeah. on that are on the Federation side. Yeah, of, like we DMZ. we see we see yeah. Dukat try to get in touch with this one the, these two Cardassian ships that are attacking this freighter thing, and he's like, "Hey guys, don't do that. You realize there's a treaty, right?" And they don't respond because they know, "Oh well, Dukat isn't one of us. Yeah. We don't have to listen to Dukat because he's not the one who's well, like so paying us thing, to run well, weapons." Yeah, so that's the thing, right? So. This is one of those weird instances where Dukat, you you know, you assume that Dukat's like the company man. You know, he's the he's the Cardassian, but he's being he's been shut out of this whole thing. Yeah, you know, he's he like at first you're like, okay, Dukat has showed up to to, to quote unquote help. Right. Yeah, we're we're gonna know just from context that he's a baddie this yeah, episode, and then he's not. He's up. It to, was he's, definitely yeah. a big change. But he for he him, was legitimately the there. Yeah, he was there. For the he really did want the same thing that Cisco wanted the whole time. Which there was no duplicity yeah. at all. He just was like, "Yeah, let's end this fucked up shit that's happening." 
which is, a, you know, one of those things about Ducat that I find very interesting is that, yeah, he's clearly a bad guy, but he's not right. always the bad guy. Sometimes there are worse Sometimes guys. Sometimes he's just the naughty guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's, he's very much following, like, his own so ideas of what's right. Naughty. One, he has one, seven kids, he says. He's kids. so fertile. Which, I mean, I, I do want, like... I Draw mean, from different mothers, I who's, bet. Whose cloaca did those come out of? We, we, I think he, like, I think, I think we're going to find out eventually <laughs> that uh, Cardassians just, they're, they're, they're hermaphroditic and they lay, they just lay their eggs. <laughs> Yikes. I mean, they are lizard people, so yeah. I was gonna say there's lots of li- there's lots of there. hermaphroditic lizards. So, but no, I was gonna say uh, shit. What was I gonna say before we start talking about cloacas? Oh yeah, I do kind. Of, obviously, we we know from earlier episodes that you know the Cardassians do place a lot of importance on family. Mm-hmm. So, like on the one hand, yeah, he very well may have seven kids. On the other hand, it's Dukat. He might just be lying. Like I I kind of wonder if we ever get confirmation of his. Uh... We need at least some of his kids. It's more okay. like thirty five kids. <laughs> if anything, he was shooting low. No, seven litters of kids. Yeah. It really should have been. There's a seven. litter of Cardassians yeah. can be uh, that I six to ten children per per litter. Yikes. Yeah. Now there's seventy acknowledges, and then like God knows how many more. We start this episode with more boy talk with Dax and Kira, uh, and it was fucking painful. It's better than Bev and and Troy. But not much. Yeah, and no, I'm it's so not. sick of it. And the thing is, I, I know the writers... Okay, but do themselves. your boobs feel firmer? Oh, God. We got Bermond here. This yeah, is I Bermoning. Know, <laughs> I, know, I know the writers <laughs> give themselves all, all, all this credit being like, oh, yeah, like you think of, of Kira, she's kind of like this little macho thing, and, and she's a little, little Jack Russell Terrier of a woman, and you know she'll talk about boys sometimes. And then you can think about Dax, who's... Who's been on? Who's, been, who's dated basically everyone in the universe at this point? Apparently a Ferengi at some point. Hot. And it's like, I, have we not learned anything by what we what we've done horribly wrong in past series? With, nope. With women talking about boys and how no, no one fucking cares. I'm done. I'm fucking done with it. Yeah. I do give Berman a tiny, tiny bit of credit because they originally had for Sarcona, the uh, the Vulcan lady. They originally had a much more revealing, sexy outfit for her, and Berman said no. But That's pretty bad. I don't know, but her outfit did make me pay a lot of attention to her tits. I mean, she's still still a Vulcan this, female, like, but it's like Damask patterned, like. But it's still Vulcan under, under boob area. It's, it's still a Vulcan outfit rather yeah. than just a sexy outfit. I'm not gonna lie, I didn't notice. That was very nice. Yes, it was good for Berman to finally show some fucking restraint. Cause... I don't think. I think it's just because he was standing up for Vulcans, not that he was standing up for women. Yeah, and he will certainly decide to stop standing up for Vulcans when we get to Enterprise. That's true. Yikes! I did like there was that what exchange between her and Quark, you know. He goes, are you trustworthy? I'm a Vulcan. So no then. Like <laughs> Quark fucking walked all over this bitch and I loved him in the mm. in the second part of the episode where he's explaining how much easier it is to do peace with yeah. people if you look at it as a deal. And I'm like, oh my god. Quark is 1000% right and this Vulcan is an idiot. Like, if there was profit in it, Ferengi would be the best negotiators in like the galaxy. Sometimes there is profit in it. And True. they are. But like they should, I should mean they should be on like every diplomatic corps, you know. Put him in these peace talks with yeah. Maki, you'll be fine. So, so does Quirk just not actually get into any trouble ever? No, like apparently selling, not. Selling like military weapons, weapons to terrorists. Two hundred photons. <laughs> that's, that's why, like I said, I know that's next week, but I think that's why it's kind of justified. Maybe like, look, you should be in prison, so. Like, Since you're he... not, you lose a right or two. That's all. No, that how was, does he that get out week? of this? These things that he's involved. No, in. but the, the actual bugging is. 
Yeah. Oh, no, the bugging, but, like, when he sold... Yeah, no, he sold this, he, like... So much military hardware. How does he get it all? (laughs) Jesus, God. Well, this one, it sounds like this one, he was just a middleman. Yes. But Um, still, that's, I mean, that's still an enormous crime. (laughs) Yeah. There were, how, yeah, Odo at one point was like, you know, how long do you want me to have him stay in here? And Cisco says, forever. Forever. I loved that. I also liked it. It's so funny. Maybe it's not... Illegal? Maybe like I'm pretty sure acting as a middleman in an arms deal well, is still well, super illegal. Well, 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 guess it depends on where the weapons may, came from. Where the weapons came. Yeah, maybe you're just law. hooking up people actually selling weapons. The it's law. Fine. The law could be naive. It may not be illegal according to the letter of the law. Also, it's bizarre. So who knows? Yeah, they no. probably don't even have a law. Nope. <laughs> no law. Uh, another not for, not for weapons. Another salty Cisco moment. I really liked in this episode. <laughs> Was was that uh, Cisco has a button on his desk that opens his door? Oh, yeah, opens his door to let <laughs> oh, you yeah. know that you should leave. Yeah, Kira Kira was being like, "Are you sure you want to do this?" And he just hits a button on his door, and the door opens, and he just there's the turns door. Around. Oh yeah. man! He, he had originally asked Miles to install a trap door in the yeah. floor. <laughs> <laughs> Miles says, "But then that would go out into space." And... I know. Can't we put a ball pit down there? Ooh. <laughs> O'Brien probably just. Would do it because he knew he'd be the first to yeah. go. He knows <laughs> the secrets. Keiko Seriously. has one in their room. Love Whenever it. she's done with him, he's like, "Get out of here, Miles. Go away." Oh, uh, at the beginning of the the first episode, Cal had like this intense sexual energy when he shows up. Yeah, because like, yeah, they were talking about like, talking when he's talking to Cisco. I was like, "God, they're gonna make out." Because like, they're talking about the old days when they would hang with fucking Curzon, Curzon and they, yeah, if Curzon's like, involved, sexual energy's involved. But there was like there was like they a say, sensuality going on. She may not be she may not be Curzon, but she is Dax. Yeah. Yeah. Like she may not be. We we should not hit on her. But she's very sexy, and that's weird, she and we feel really conflicted be, about this. Oh, I thought that whole scene was really creepy anyway, though, because he's like, oh, you're sticking it to her? It's like, no, she's my fucking subordinate. Like, what yeah, do you my mean? my subordinate and my friend. <laughs> and 20 years younger than me now. Cal's well, like, well, yeah, also, but I always wanted to fuck Curzon. <laughs> <laughs> See, that would have been, been funny if he was like, oh, I like Curzon more. Yeah. <laughs> Cal is also apparently the only other person in the galaxy aside from the Ciscos and that one scientist that knows baseball. Yeah. Mm. Stubbs. Stubbs, thank you. Oh, uh, well, Stubbs. That's why he had to live. There needs to be just more people in the galaxy. I mean, he introduces baseball to the Maquis, who are all immediately like, this is dumb. Mm. They're all playing soccer instead. They're fine. <laughs> Dumb Jot and uh, Parisi Squares. What's about um, the dude's hair? The Maquis dudes that that like I don't know. Was like that kind of that, that kind of nameless guy we didn't get. Yeah, they didn't get a name from. He was, but he was kind of like the main guy. But he had like a like a real nice like kind of like mullet fro thing going. Was no, like, I didn't. Like I, a, I just like noticed real, it was generically a, slicked back. It was, I thought. No, it was a real tight curls. It was really real tight. Yeah. yeah, I don't remember. I, I I remember yeah, it was him. A pretty good look. I liked it. Also being a slightly mediocre actor. Well, he didn't not as much. bad as Cal. He didn't but... do as much. He was just always there. I think it was like I just I... found him very dry. Like so much of the episode was so dry. Which I made a comment being like, "How is an episode that has so much Ducat and so much Quark so fucking dry?" And I think it's it's between all of our Maquis friends being just sucky. They, oh, they like go like back and forth from a station to a planet to the station to a planet and yeah. like, to floating around in a, in a, in a well, shuttle pod. Also, yeah, there's like so much going back. It's also forth. kind of a hard episode to follow the geo like it's a geopolitical intrigue. So like 
when you're trying, when you're working very hard to follow what's actually happening in the plot. Yeah, it's it's setting up this exposition of what is the Maquis. We have to give you as much information as we can, whilst also still being an episode. It's a good fucking luck. But then, like, I feel in the future, the Maquis just become terrorist baddies mm. you know like that this like, like in this one they're 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 people that are defending their home in the future it's kind of like they're evil there's a bad man i guess maybe it is a thing though where like all right if you have a terrorist group and the terrorist group is originally set up with like noble goals and you know revel like a revolutionary ideal it's going to probably attract people that just want to fight. Yeah. Mm. So, so you probably are going to get some evil, just straight up evil people mixed in. Something that might actually be interesting and relevant even is the origin of the term the Maquis. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. I was yeah. That. So in World War II, they were French resistance fighters. And uh, Maquis roughly translates to like the bush or shrub. And that's where they would like hide out. Like they'd be outside the cities and like kind of like these shrublands. And huh. they were very loosely affiliated and they had widely varying different ideologies and very different personal goals and so when it comes to whether the maquis are good or bad guys depending i I don't know if the writer the writers probably eventually just made them a monolithic group that was led by like one person essentially but at least like the the idea yeah but like at least the idea that they're that they were inspired by is something that is very loose and very you know no huge leadership and they start off feeling very loose because you know we have all these people it's like what how are you all working together? You all seem to not be fighting for the same things. Yeah, they're they're mostly just like we don't like the Cardassians. They shouldn't be here. And some people are probably more you know more military yeah. than others. They're and... probably more like you shouldn't specifically be on my planet, or you shouldn't be amassing weapons. Or another yeah. person might, might 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 be like this Cardassian stole my wife, therefore I hate them. So Damn the it, ideolo- Dukat and all of your children. So the ideology, you know, might vary cell to cell. Right. But I, I, again, I, don't, I, I doubt the text bears that out ultimately. It'll be something to keep an eye out for yeah. as we go on. But that's what the original would have been like. Yeah. One might be a bit more bloodthirsty than the other, etc. Yeah, and, and often they were groups that wouldn't have gotten along under normal circumstances whatsoever. And were it not for... Like Hans and Vulcans. Yeah, were it not for, you know, German occupying forces, they may have been at war amongst themselves, period. Mm. So... Hmm. Well, I don't think the Maquis are going to be around too long in the grand scheme of things. So. This episode did, int- I think it introduced, because I don't think I'd seen these things before, and I commented to Jake being like, what the fuck is that thing? Because uh, yeah, Jake called it an isolinear rod. It looks oh, like... Oh, yeah, I've seen those before. It looks like a test tube that's filled with like a uh, like a drink that Quark yeah, would give you. That's, that's, yeah, that's, the little root beer tubes. Yeah, that's the, but they're full of like they're basically it's not liquid. They're glass. They're, they're just glass. They, they, they look li- like li- they look like they're little a glass rocks. They're the same. They're, Every time someone hands someone one to another person, I think they're giving them a drink, like a, like a special of the day drink. Quark, uh, it's like a USB them. stick. Yeah, yeah Quark, I hate them. Quark, they're Quark's Quark's little com- Quark security chips. They're, 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 yeah, they're this se- this series equivalent of the wood blocks from TOS. The wood or blocks. The, I hate them. Or the glass isolinear chips from yeah. TNG. See, those at least look like something that you would put information on. The wood blocks look like wood blocks that you're making a st- like a structure out of for, for toddlers. I think the wood blocks were supposed to be little tapes. Yeah, little they, they were like... Um, yeah, yeah well, they, these they were things, floppy diskettes. These things do not look like something that you would put information on. I think they look really stupid. 
I agree with that. I think they're. I, I mean, get confused whenever I see it. It's the them. same technology as the isolinear chips. It's just the Cardassian version of it. It's a tube now. Well, I, I think the Federation. It's a tube that looks like something that you'd order at a bar. Well, wait until you get to. It's one of those little extra shots that uh, they'll sling on to yes. your uh, margarita at yeah, like, Chili's. They, yeah, they do that at Texas Roadhouse. That's we got it, angry that's one it. day because they gave um, us one without us asking. But they literally are. They're like little test tubes that just kind of hang. Or do they actually sometimes stick them into the drink? I don't remember what it is. But either way, they basically look like little test tubes with extra liquor. Well, wait until we get to Voyager when they when the Voyager equivalent of this technology are, are little pouches of goo. Yes. Oh no! I thought you were gonna say cups of coffee. Oh, That's all no. I know about Voyager Ooh, is coffee. coffee. Coffee would be great. So later on, I'm gonna make coffee. Do we have any further thoughts on this episode? I mean, I I, I know we haven't talked about it on, specifically, but it has generated some I think interesting conversation. Here's a note. Yeah, Ducat. Punch the woman in the face. <laughs> I love it. I missed that. Oh, he punched Sarkana in the fucking face when oh, he was wow. being kidnapped. And then everybody else fucking shot That's him. That's right, he did. I forgot about that. And I was that. like, yes, do that. She deserves it, the bitch. He's just lucky that they didn't resort to a Klingon mind flayer after the uh, mind meld didn't work. The mind meld thing was super messed up. Using that as like a weapon against someone. Oh well, well, we, yes. well we've literally Ooh. seen Spock yeah. yeah. Star Trek Six. Yeah. His yeah. work. Brain rape. Whoa. What's her face? Yeah, no, it's Valeris. Uh, oh, yeah, Valeris. I was gonna say, what's her name? What's the what was the Savic? Yeah, it's a, I was gonna say Savic. No, I know. In the original, Savick. in the original script, it was Savic, but then they made it Valeris because they wanted Savic to remain nice. <laughs> but yeah, no, that that it was interesting because I remember thinking that it's like, oh, it's Star Trek Six, only it's not working. Hmm. <laughs> And I think the script was less aware of how fucked up it was. Mm-hmm. Whereas Six, it was very consciously like, this is a bad thing that's happening right now. Don't meet your heroes, kids. There was also a fun moment where Ducat is informed that, hey, Central Command says they're not coming for you. They say mm-hmm. that you should be executed. They say that you're the one who's been running guns and that guns have actually been run. And Ducat just kind of turns away and says, um, he just says, they never bothered to tell me. And he like, <laughs> he was like really sad that he wasn't trusted to lie about something. Oh, yeah. So that they didn't it. give him information. Yeah, I made, I made a note that in the second half of, uh, of the two part episode, Ducat was in such a kind of flippant mood most of the time. And when he's being flippant, he has the same delivery style as Garrick has. Because he's not, he doesn't have that, you know, I'm on top of things, swagger, 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 look at my fucking shoulders and neck. Uh, Mm -hmm. He has this, I have to think about things now because things are weird and how am I going to get through this? Will I live? Damn it. Yeah, no, a counter scheme was definitely happening somewhere that he was not ready for. You know, I kept he, still, he still came out on top. He did, because that's what he does. That's what Ducky does. <laughs> Ducky is the plan boy. Ducky. Ducky. I don't like Ducky. Mm. Talking about, like, from Pretty in Pink? No, no, just calling Ducat Ducky. But why? Because it's a fun little nickname. He would kill you. I know, but he can't get me, so... <laughs> He, he made one comment oh, over, I think, the, the line was, I'm not any Cardassian, I'm Gul Dukat, and yeah. I squeed so hard. <laughs> That's a good line. That <laughs> He's is. great. He's fabulous. Good old Dukat. Kira was interesting these episodes, because you'd think that she'd be pro-war all the time, and yet she's like, I guess I'll go and fight the Maquis for you. Done. I mean, she's seen enough war. And also, like, if war broke out again between the Federation and... The Cardassians, like, Bajor would be right in the crossfire. 
they yeah, but she's, basically she's in be, on that. She likes that. Yeah, but then it, there's a chance the Cardassians are back, and that's They're just, always back. They're back already. That's, that's the wrong ones you're thinking uh, of. But yeah, no, I just feel like that's more like, you know, she's just like, you know what? No, I, no, we're I Poland. Don't, I don't need to be invaded again. I don't, I don't know if that's a Kira thing, though. I think that might be another Bajoran kind of a thing. I think if she if she saw Cardassians acting like the Cardassians were asking, acting this episode, she'd be like, oh, goddamn, fuck them. And not, oh, fuck the Maquis, who I can, oh. I could probably sympathize with. Yeah, I feel go. like she would probably just join the Maquis, yeah. ultimately. And just, and that's what Roll Aaron did. Yeah. Spoilers. Not spoilers. We already watched that. I know, but it hasn't happened yet in the timeline. I th- well, I think we I, it, it it is that tension we've come up with before with Kira, where she is attempting to eschew her freedom fighter nature in favor of Peace? state building. Mm. Um, and this is a case where the state building side kind of won out. If you had to explain why it happened, other than just the writers didn't feel like having a scene where she got mad about it, I think it's just showing that she's um she's becoming domesticated. Yeah, there was a moment where it's like, oh, Federation man. is assimilating her, Jake. I think you're right. When she you're right, when she learns that Quark can give all these weapons to them to to the Vulcan lady, mm. she I'm sure she was like, oh damn it, I should have allied with Quark from day one. Seriously, <laughs> but she did like literally from day one. Yeah, she but she was, never asked him for weapons. I, I mean, she asked him to be an alibi when she <laughs> killed a guy. An alibi when she killed a guy. <laughs> Which Quark is like, all right, I'll say I banged her. Typical Quark. Giggity. Oh, I know, every time I think Quark is like a pretty good guy, I just keep remembering back for when he used to... Yeah, creepy. But he was having was sex, sex with his Dabo girl. I mean, he was contacts. trying to have sex with the Vulcan. So. Yeah, that... Yeah, was he like... The, there was two conversations, and I think they both could have been very interesting, seeing the Vulcan and the Ferengi, like, cultures collide. But the first one is just Quark being a super creep the whole time, to such an insane degree. And then the second conversation, when he wasn't trying to get into her pants, he was actually having, like... An interesting discussion yeah. that I wanted to hear. And that was a good discussion. Maybe yeah. I like. Was he hoping that like maybe she was near Pon Far and was gonna need him? Like how he didn't wait seven years. He's dumb, all right. He's got a long timeline. We appreciate good years. <laughs> that actually, that was a good line. Yeah, that was good. Yeah, I like that up front. God, if if a Ferengi and a Vulcan ever banged, what really would the big child, pointy ears, like huge Yikes. pointy ears, two lobes. Do we see like Ferengi? Bat Boy? I don't think we see Ferengi hybrids really, though. Do we? Yeah, not that I remember. I don't think so. Maybe, maybe they're not compatible. Hmm. Uh, well, she got hands. No, <laughs> I mean, I mean for, uh, in terms of having offspring. No, I understand. But gross. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I just, just nothing but umaks. I just I'm trying to picture it because Ferengi don't have eyebrows either. So like, what? Because would, oh would the eyebrows wind up on the huge butt head, or would they just like what? How does maybe they, they would just grow up onto oh the ears? There's just so many pointing? questions what, as what, to what that would yeah, look like. Yeah, what would their skin tone be? Mm, right, because yeah, would Vulcans they have nice tend to be, teeth or horrible teeth? Probably nice teeth. God, honestly, though, if you think about it, a Vulcan Vulcan probably couldn't naturally give birth to a Ferengi with those big fucking heads and ears. They've just got big fucking heads. It's like pugs can't naturally give birth. They always have to have C-sections because they're little bodies with big fucking heads. I didn't know that. That's I don't know if it's all pugs, but I know that it is a it is a Yeah, I know common it's a thing pug I, issue. I imagine it's a thing with bulldogs, I believe. I Maybe that's what it is. I wouldn't be surprised if Ferengi like Ear cartilage doesn't harden until well after birth, just for the sake of the mother. But still, still though, what, what yeah. about the fucking skulls? 
No, they, baby they, skulls yeah. are the same thing. They come out squished. Human, human baby yeah. comes out They're squished. Disgusting. Well, yeah, but also probably... For all we know, Ferengi are marsupial. Hey, there you go. Aww. The mothers have little a little babies, pouch. Little baby kangaroos are no, gross. They're like little, jelly, little jelly beans. Yeah, and they have to crawl out of the vagina. Yeah. Into the pouch. Oh. Up the mom into the pouch and then hang out in there. It's like yeah. the most... With a nipple. It's the so most... imagine a tiny little jelly bean Ferengi climbing out of the itty mother. itty bitty Armin Shimmerman. <laughs> like, yeah, honestly... Perfect! Yeah. <laughs> With that... Wow. We did it, guys. <laughs> wow, if you like that and you want to hear more, you sick I like that. <laughs> This has been a started steerer by, and you can find us where all fine podcasts are sold. We're sure not sure why they let us in with the fine podcasts, but there you are. Well, you it's know, fine. it's something behind the behind the counter for the bums to listen to, or something. Uh, I don't know. That was whatever that was. Classist. I'm sorry. Yeah, you can find us on SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, Apple Podcasts. You can find us on Facebook by searching A Star to Steer Her By. You can also find us on Twitter and Tumblr as at SSHB Podcast, or you can visit us at SSHBpodcast.com. That right now is uh, just a link to the Tumblr, but you should check it out anyway. You will not be disappointed. There are lots of fine essays, great wrap-up posts about our favorite episodes each season, and... Our wonderful homemade fanfic, not store-bought. Our fanfics are great. They are great. I have been capable. What are we doing next week? I don't know. <laughs> fucking up the outro again, probably. Yep. Next week, we're going to talk about two more Deep Space Nine episodes that Ooh. will hopefully be more interested than the, interesting than this shit. Though I will say, considering how boring I found the episodes, this was a super, super interesting conversation. So thank, hopefully, thank Rossi's friend. <laughs> thank you, Rossi's friend. <laughs> I hope you're listening. No, no, definitely not. I'll try, I'll, it's I'll Rossi's try. friend. Rossi doesn't recommend this podcast. Do they listen when you're on the podcast, maybe? More likely. Okay, great. We'll have to do that all the fucking time. Maybe next week, too. Who knows? Maybe. Can I go home? No. Nope. Nope. Been a while. Someone break his knees. I wish weeks. we had chains to rattle. Like, he's just been cooped up here for months. I spaced. Have we said what we're doing next week No. We're oh gonna, my god! Next week we're gonna talk about The Wire Ooh. and Crossover. Wait, wait, wait. wait. That, that's a whole series. We don't have time for that. We do. We're gonna Omar have to make coming. it. Omar, yep. Mm-hmm. Fill it in in one episode. Where's that take? Is that in Baltimore? Yep. Yes. Uh, I have been Caitlin. I have been Jake. This has been Chris. This has been Ames. I've been James. Hey, you hey, might hey. know me from the Tales of the Wise Wizard King podcast. That's Are not you, the whole name. Have you... Release any more episodes? No, I haven't, but there's four, and I like all four of them. Oh, they're good. They're good. I I, I, uh, second this. They're good episodes. Thank you. I added you to my queue. I haven't listened yet, but I have you in my queue. Yay. Yes. Yes. I have have not listened, and I don't intend to. That's fine. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Oh, my God. You're short. Come on. All right. Uh, Rule of acquisition 112, I think. Don't uh, sleep with the boss's sister. I thought we did that one already. Whatever. I don't have it. Wait, no, there was a new one this week. There's a new one. It's in my notes. Was there her? Yeah. Why are you doing Caitlin's job? Yeah, why am I not doing my job? That's oh, a better question. Fuck. Oh. Well, what I mean is... What was it, Chris? Um, um, It was a low number. Yeah, it was. It was like, you forgot rule of acquisition number three. No, it was 214. He also mentioned three, but the first one was 214. Never begin a business negotiation on an empty stomach. Oh, that's right. Mm. That's a good rule. Three, which does come up later, never spend more for an acquisition than you have to. That's Yeah, that was a good conversation. I feel like that's that would why. be number one. 
What is number what one? Is number one? Oh. I am not a number. I am a free acquisition. <laughs> no, no, number number one is if the Nagus wants it, it's his. Yep, adjust for daylight savings time. Oh god, it's the fucking worst. It is. It super stupid sucks. Like I, I get out of bed this morning and I realize, oh no. Oh, it's so late. Am I going to be getting up in the dark again? I've slept yep. so long. I hate that. All right, everyone shut up. Yay! Shut up, shut up. Yeah, and then having to acclimate back to getting up in the, when the sun's in your fucking face, when it like, wasn't there last week. Ugh. Why do we do this? It's the worst. I don't know, because a bunch of farmers did it 200 years ago, and this is America, where we refuse to fucking update anything because it might offend Jesus. <laughs> is that why? Uh, no. Sounds right. No, it's not. Jesus is very uppity. Isn't it because business? I don't think there is Supposedly it's because school children. Well, I would well, love it if we... fuck them! Yeah, yeah no, definitely the fuck them. Little shits. I would definitely be good with just forgetting the whole thing. Yeah. Just let's call the whole thing off. That'd be great. All right, let's do let's do whatever this is.